Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. was his first ever career field goal attempt, so it couldn't have happened under more uh, yeah, strenuous circumstances. You missed an extra point. Yeah, I did. I, like my mind after that, I was a little bit like upset, but then I came, came right back up and I was like, I got to do this for my team and the team needs me and I had to do it for the team at all costs. So. Like, it was it was amazing. Like after I kicked that, I, I felt like really like energetic and I turned around and I saw my whole team coming to me and I that, that really like made me really happy, you know. I did it for my team, and my team had my back, so that's all I needed. Whether we made it or lost it, it was going to be a great football game anyway. We we're going to have things to work on, and uh, I'm just so proud to, uh, of that whole unit for for stepping up in that moment and putting it through. It hurts. Obviously, we want to be the number one team in the state. We had our chance there, uh, had them on the ropes, and didn't didn't come through. But I'll tell you what, we'll be back to fight another day. There's no doubt about it. To the Meat Grinder, your weekly dose of high school football in Connecticut. And I'm your host, Sean Patrick Bowley. With me, as always, is Pete Faguaga. What's up, Pete? Nothing much. Just uh, nothing much. You know, trying to get through. I, I, it was chaos, but I wasn't at m- uh, much of the chaos this weekend. You were, and I don't want to spoil it. We, you know, we'll wait till Sean talks about it. But just a real dreary weekend. Very wet. Still very wet. Um, a lot of dampness. I don't know. It was a it was a weird week for sure. Obviously, the last alliance week. Um, the last big well, week. last big alliance week. Thank God, so we can get back into some of these conference games that are just so bad. You're like looking at schedules. You're like, oh, this team's two and one now, but they'll probably be eight and one till they get to Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, like, let's just fast forward to then because who really cares? But uh, I would be all for alliance games every week if that's the way they set up the how you get into the playoffs. You got to play a certain alliance games. Yeah, that's that's how what I I would like to do. They are fun. They're really well matched. But you know, in the end of the end of the day, what does it all mean? Because you know now your teams like Fairfield Prep looking at zero and three. You know, maybe even zero and four. Who knows? But anyway, it was a great, crazy, wild week. Uh, you know, 
well, where else can we start? But I mean, between Greenwich Maloney, uh, Southington Staples, uh, I mean, you name it, there were some just absolutely fantastic games this weekend, and uh, a lot of things were cleared up, but also not. Uh, you know, it's also transitive property week where you sit there and you look at teams that, you know, who beat who and what. And now you have three games into the into the books. And, uh, you know, away we go on that. Um, like, for example, I'll give you a good one, Pete, off the top of my head. Hand, we saw Hand beat Fairfield Prep. Benell beat Hand. And then last week, Berlin just thumped Benell. We had on Coach Ty Jenkins, we must be the kiss of death because uh, they got absolutely I don't want to say absolutely blue, but they got obliterated by uh, by Berlin. I mean, there's plenty of other games like that. Ludlow beating Hamden, which beat Trumbull and Hamden also. Be, uh, you know, it just this is a it's just a crazy week. We saw, saw lots of weird scores. We saw lots of safeties. I mean, who knew uh, safety is one that even decided a game. <laughs> that was the only scoring as the, the only scoring of the game. Yeah, they scored the lowest amount of points you can score in a football game and win. <laughs> It was just a, a just a wild and crazy week, but you know the big talk of the week obviously was up at Falcon Field. You were excited about it, but you sent me there. Thank you because it was the best game of the year by far to date. You know, uh, this is the standard now. Greenwich, the number one ranked team in the state, going into the belly of the beast, Falcon Field, a house of horrors. Uh, sometimes even from Maloney, as we saw with Glastonbury last year. But last year, a similar game. Yeah, they were number, ranked number three. But this time, Greenwich, they, they're facing the number one team in Greenwich. And a uh, big chance for Maloney to have its second big FCAC victory uh, in as many years. You know, last year they beat Darien down there. Now they get number one Greenwich coming into their spot. And it was a beautiful night up at Falcon Field, just like last year. It was everything this was built to be. Packed house, game of the week. I have all kinds of love, Pete, for the Greenwich cheerleaders who had a great sign. It's time for a Maloney sandwich. Apparently, their uh, their coach told me that it was kind of a play on Subway. They had a nice little thing. But the problem was they didn't quite hold it. It was so long, they couldn't hold it up. So like, Greenwich just kind of like walked through it. Uh, meanwhile, a little bit more economical on the Maloney side. But uh, on the field, look, it was plenty of haymakers. Greenwich was clearly determined to stop All-Stater Dante Kelly from doing his thing. That was no problem, Pete, for Ethan Nedinsky, who took what they gave him, and what they gave him was plenty of Jesus Mar Martell, who caught seven passes for 135 yards and two touchdowns, getting them started here with a touchdown catch on fourth and, and goal. Greenwich lost your boy, George Von Balakis, on the first series of the game. That's no problem because Ian Kim and Brandon August did a nice job filling in. Tim responded by sending up a Grillo touchdown and then scored another later with a nice touchdown run at the goal line. But on the second touchdown, Pete Greenwich missed the extra point. When Coach Tony Morello said his kicker, Eric Perino, secured the job in week one where they, he made every single one of his extra points against Fairfield Prep. But now that's not going to come back to bite them here, right? No, 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 not at, not at all. Maloney goes up 14 to 13 after another great Martell catch. Uh, but Greenwich scores on Kin's second touchdown run for a 20 to 14 lead at halftime. Greenwich defense in the second half stepping up, including Noah Steele with a nice batted down pass earlier. And his pickoff here leads to an August touchdown run, and Greenwich up two scores, 27 to 14. You're thinking, all right, well, now the number one team is going to kind of pin back his ear and roll past this. No, no. Maloney with a quick response, a great catch by Marquise Ward down to the one. Sets up Sakai Moore's touchdown run 
Greenwich only up 27-21 after three. Time running out now. Maloney backed up on its own seven. After a few stops, they skipped an 11-play, 93-yard drive. And there's your boy, Pete Kelly, with the touchdown catch and the extra point for a 28-27 Maloney lead. Donald Highsmith has a nice sack on third down. He played great. And then a team swarm on fourth down. Grant stopped with about two and change left. They are able to get the clock down with one minute remaining. And all they need is a first down, Pete, but they could not get it. Kevin Frederick decided he was going to try and get the first down. But on fourth down, the pass is incomplete. Thought he had a nice call. Greenwich takes over with about a minute left, needing to go get at least within field goal range. Rocco Grillo hits five passes, 53 yards. The last to Brandon August, who gets out of bounds with 0.5 seconds left. Now, Morello did a lot of uh, a lot of lobbying with the referees. He was marching out on the field several times to kind of ask, what's going on here? Why is that clock running down? What's going on? And I guess because of this, he's able to get it so that it was 0.5 seconds left. Um, and a lot of people are like, well, why was a, why the scorekeeper? How did, how did that happen? Whatever happens, 0.5 seconds left. They're at the 25. I'm thinking they're going to throw Hail Mary. You know, given the fact that their kicker missed an extra point. Nope, they call on Perino again. And he hammers this ball through the uprights. and had another 10 yards on it. And Greenwich pulls this one out of their rear ends. 30 to 28. Just an absolute classic at Falcon Field, and even look at the Greenwich players there helping their, their counterparts up. You know, you saw Pete Von Velakis pick up his guy. You see some of the other guys running out there to help their guy. It was just an absolute, lots of respect on both sides. And here is uh, some of the heroes after, including Perino with just a great kick. You know, he, he was behind Sergot Boone last year, and a soccer player, former soccer player, wasn't really getting a lot out of that. And here he is talking about that a little bit. And yeah, it came down to the final half second. But number three seven comes up big. Yeah! The team was depending on me. And I made sure that I had kicked as hard as I possibly could. And I still made that right. How, how far could how far did you feel like what was your range as far as like I felt like that was like that was pretty light for me because like even before like when I was injured I was still able to kick like 40 yards so I still like thought that was like pretty easy for me so not a challenge for me there was at all. no doubt about that what you, you missed an extra point yeah I did I, like my mind after that I was a little bit like upset but then I game came right back up and I was like I got to do this for my team and the team needs me and I had to do it for the team at all costs so uh, it was it was amazing. Like after I kicked that, I, I felt like really like energetic, and I turned around and I saw my whole team coming to me, and like that that really like made me really happy. You know, like, I did it for my team, and my team had my back, so that's all I needed. That was his first ever career field goal attempt, so it couldn't have happened under more uh, you know, strenuous circumstances. But uh, he's a great kid. He, he's in the weight room all off season. And, uh, I'm so happy he had that moment, and uh, he gets to celebrate it with his teammates. Whether we made it or lost it, it was going to be a great football game anyway. We we're going to have things to work on, and uh, I'm just so proud to, uh, of that whole unit for, for stepping up in that moment and putting it through. I said, you know, I told them before the week started, you know, win or lose, we got to come back on Saturday and Sunday and, and still have hopefully 10 more games left. So, you know, same thing. You know, we got to learn from this and, and get better, and, you know, we got to, you know, make less mistakes. Um, we got to get that first down there at the end. You know, that's disappointing. Um, it hurts. Obviously, we want to be the number one team in the state. We had our chance there. 
Uh, had them on the ropes and it didn't, didn't come through. But I'll tell you what, we'll be back to fight another day. There's no doubt about it. You know, we're, we'll be ready next week. Um, and, and, you know, we'll just keep fighting and, and, and trying to keep getting better. Um, hopefully we have 10 more games still left. But for us to go toe-to-toe, you know, class double L, um, you know, that's a good, you know, that's a really good team, obviously, and hopefully that prepares us for winning the state championship. You saw afterwards that was uh, Tony Tony Morello from Greenwich, and Kevin Frederick said, "Listen, you know, well, we'll be back, no no big deal." But crushing loss for them again. It's not a huge deal, but Pete, it was just an ep- epic game, and uh, thanks for sending me. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it just made more sense in terms of like driving distance for both of us, but I kind of regretted it. Granted, I had no idea what was going on at that game because Massac is like the worst. Monroe is Massac High School is the worst place to exist with a cell phone if you try to get anything out of there. I mean, just an absolute disaster of a place that is just horrified because I hated it. Anyway, I didn't know what was happening. By the time I walked to my car, I, my Twitter just like exploded. And all of a sudden you're seeing all these crazy scores, obviously, including the Greenwich Maloney one. Um, I, I kind of feel bad for Maloney in a sense. Like, yeah, Kevin might say no biggie. They're still they're still looking for that defining win, right? They want to stay title. Cool. They beat Windsor. Okay. They beat Darian, you know, they they beat an FCAC team in the alliance last year. They beat Darian, a Darian team that didn't make the playoffs. Um, right? And now they're right here neck and neck. Oh, then they lose to New Canaan in the finals by three. Great game. Could argue New Can- uh, Maloney was the better team. Um, and then they come here and they point five seconds on the clock and they lose to Greenwich. Like I Kevin might say no biggie, but I think deep down it, it's it's gonna eat him. Uh, because that was a game that they very easily could have won. And um, they're still looking for that big statement win for across the state. Yeah, they beat Southington last year, who was a number one team. That's a CCC team. I think they're looking for that big. Well, they did beat Darian win last across year. the state. They did beat Darian. Yeah, that, Darian's Darien. not a good. That's not a good Darian. But that was team, they. It was seven and three. It wasn't nothing. They uh, were I six mean- and four. Oh, was it six and four? I thought there were seven. They were six and four, and they uh, and they they got shut out by St. Joe's in the opener. Like Darian, they weren't. They're not going in. It wasn't the, the number one team Darien. in the state. It wasn't the number one team in the state. Granted, they were no, ranked it wasn't. at the time, if I remember. They were still ranked. Maloney was ranked higher in that game, right? Because no, no, I remember saying something. to The Maloney fans are like, "Stop underrating us." I'm like, "You're voted higher." <laughs> um. But like I just think you know they're they're still missing that defining win. But that is a great game for them. You know a lot of coach. There's no such thing as uh, you know moral losses or whatever the heck the thing is. But uh, I think Maloney could take a lot out of uh, a lot away from that game. They should hold their heads high because that is a great team that they played against. And honestly, I mean, is Maloney a favorite now in L? I would say so. After that performance, look, they got some dudes. Obviously, Kelly, you know, first team All-Stater. He deserved every bit of attention that Greenwich put on him. They were swarming him. Um, I, you know, he really did not do a whole lot until the light, until the end when they needed him to catch a touchdown pass. But, you know, Jesus Martel. So is it Jesus or is it Jesus? I don't say it's not like going Peter, Peter. It might be both anyway, but uh, Martell had a great game. Um, obviously, seven catches for, for 135, two touchdowns. Uh, the guys on the defensive, especially Highsmith, you know, running around out there, number 25. There were plenty of guys up front. They got a good, good team. I thought the quarterback played pretty well, despite the pickoff that led to the two, the second 
Uh, Greenwich touched on them, put them up 27-14 uh, in the second half. You know, other than that, it was great play. Uh, I thought he played pretty well. Even Greenwich, you know, Greenwich being able to sustain a running game. They got, you know, August had a lot of great passes. You know, Grillo threw for over 200 yards and change. Um, you know, it, it was just a, a just a classic high school football game. And, uh, you know, really, really, I would say right now, Maloney is looking pretty solid in, in, in Class L. We'll see, you know, what New Canaan brings. You know, maybe Shelton, you know, I, obviously, those are two very good teams. They are very as good, if not better, than both those teams. So uh, certainly uh, uh, they're they're looking pretty good. You know, now that we've talked about Greenwich, number one, let's go through the top 10 poll, Pete. Let's kind of knock this off because a lot of the teams this week obviously featured uh, in, in the Alliance games. You know, obviously number two, West Haven comes in there. They jump all the way up after wiping out Ridgefield, you know, in, in their game. Wasn't even close. Ridgefield's been kind of banged up. So. Uh, West Haven kind of gets that Ridgefield monkey off their back. Ridgefield been always remember they beat them in 27, 2016 uh, down there to kind of upset them in the first round. So West Haven undefeated. They're screaming at us to give us all their attention. Guys, you will get your chance this week because you are going to Finn Stadium, your pals over to see the Gales in probably one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game of the week. Um, that so we'll see plenty of West Haven going forward. Number three is Cheshire. They wiped out Glastonbury 27 to zero. Jeffrey doing things again. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Jeffrey Gonzalez running for 157 yards and making eight tackles and then having an interception. Have a day, kid. In that game, 27 nothing. Number four is Maloney. They only fall. You, you, uh, you seem to think that they should be a little higher than four. They fall back after losing to, oh, by two to yeah, Greenwich. I, I... I mean, I moved Maloney up. So I had Maloney at four last week, moved him up to three in my poll this week, and I filled in to do the poll. And I was kind of surprised to see how many, how far Maloney dropped on a lot of ballots. They were half a second away from beating the number one team. Half a second left. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. What, and I'm going to say, what could they have done better? Greenwich misses a 42-yard field goal in high school. That's not Ty Groff. Okay? A 42-yarder in high school is very hard. And that's what it took to beat Maloney. And they get no love in the poll? I would say Pathetic. no. I would say no love. They dropped. They dropped. <laughs> they got less well, love. This is, they as, got less love than last week. <laughs> as a, well, not from you guys. They got more love. Um, for me, yes. The overall poll, they dropped. That's the way it works, the way voters work, and I do not agree with them, is that they, if you lose, they're knocking you out. They're knocking you back. A lot of teams just knock you out. So uh, that's a flaw. I don't understand it, but that's the reasoning of a lot of voters. Not, and, I don't, I'm not. We'll, we can when, talk when about play, one of those teams that takes advantage of that later in the poll. It's a yeah. disgusting schedule. <laughs> when you talk about these teams that they, they lose at despite the schedule they make, I, vote, I still vote Fairfield Prep. So do, you and I, I think, are the only two that vote Fairfield Prep. Anyway, uh, moving on. Number five is Newtown. They're three and zero. Is it a surprising three and zero? Maybe. Uh, if you looked at their schedule to start the season, I don't think many people are saying that that the uh, Nighthawks are going to be three and zero. But they were down fourteen in the first half against against Trumbull, a team that really needed this win, Pete, as you said last week. And uh, well, they went to the ground game. JJ Haddock, Aiden Paulus. Jaden Cordova, each scoring a touchdown, and then Cordova's touchdown with 728 remaining. 
putting them ahead for good in that game with 21 answer points. The defense getting involved here a little bit. They had a pickoff. They stopped. They made him punt three times. And Jack Chappell with a sack late in that game to force a fourth down. And uh, Trumbull, you know, reeling right now. And Newtown just skyrocketing all the way to number five. Uh, as you said, you, you're a little surprised. Are you surprised by, by Newtown, Pete? I think being three and zero, looking at their schedule, uh, is a surprise. But great for Coach Farina. Um, goodbye, Trumbull. Maybe we'll talk to you. We'll talk about you guys the week of Thanksgiving. Maybe. Bye. Yeah, that's a tough one, and they got plenty of tough games left. Yeah, Trumbull it's does. not an easy schedule. No, uh, they're going to have to do some real big soul searching here. Uh, you know, right now it, it seems like when, with one phase is working, the other phase isn't, and. The other phase is is working. The other phase isn't. It's just, you know, they can't seem to put up four quarters together. Yeah, and let's, you know, Trumbull's schedule hasn't been easy. Like, you know, we joke and, and jest and, and stuff like that. But Trumbull's schedule, I mean, Hamden, that game was crazy. You know, Newtown in the third game. I mean, and like you said, Sean, it doesn't get easier for them. But great for Newtown. Great for Coach Farina. I mean, there are a lot of people, uh, you know, when his hiring got announced that were kind of a little bit perplexed. And uh, it's nice. I'm very happy for him to see yeah. that, you know, they're sitting there at number five. They haven't been ranked that high in a poll since 2019. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. Maybe they might have been. Early. I don't know. Um, number six is Shelton. They beat up on Weathersfield 44 to 22. That was the NBC 30 game of the week over there at Finn Stadium. And uh, maybe you guys should have waited. <laughs> maybe you guys should have been somewhere else. Who knows? Um, but uh, number seven, Ansonia, Makai Ingram ran for 147 yards. Preston Zabina caught 144 yards of quarterback Mateo Sorrentino's 203 yards passing. They beat Watertown. Another big game was number, well, now they're number, they're unranked staples, topping number two Southington in the game. I think we both picked Pete. 34 to 27, the Wreckers, big bounce back after the getting just smoked by West Haven in the first uh in the first week, rallying from 13 down behind brother combo Caleb and Nathan Smith. Caleb threw two touchdowns and to Nate in the second half and ran, as you said, Pete, last week. Great runner, ran for a 49-yard touchdown. And Southington also putting up ridiculous numbers. CJ De Benedetto. 24-38 passes, 359 yards and three touchdowns. And he also had a pickoff. Rashard Will Williams continues to kind of make his mark on this Southern team, really coming into his own, catching eight passes, 190 yards and a touchdown. But uh, good for the Wreckers, really coming back strong here, Pete. 34-27 over the number two ranked team. Staples now comes in at number eight after knocking off Southington. Yeah, good for Staples. Um I mean, they are a good team. They've definitely rallied the West Haven game. Like it was week one. If those two teams ever meet again in week 11, you know, in the, in the playoffs or something, it might be a much different game. But uh, good for Stables to rally the win two in a row. Great comeback on the road. Playing at Fontana Field's never easy. Southington had a chance. I mean, they yeah. had it. They were up two scores. Tried to make it back late, but, you know, weren't able to. And now Southington's going to, you know, kind of cruise into November. When they get Maloney and Cheshire in two of their last three games. I yeah. Mean, the rest of their schedule, it's not really super frightening. So Southington will stay here in the top 10. They'll float until, uh, you know, what is that? Seven games. They'll be six and one heading into the Maloney game. So well, get your tickets now for that one. Uh, 
you know, it was funny. I'm sitting on the when I was walking out of the stadium at Falcon Field, I was talking to, uh, you know, Tony Morello, who, you know, made one of the funny. Actually, <laughs> now that I think about it, it's hysterical. I asked him how the bus, how the bus ride was uh, up there, because, you know, I asked him what time they left. They apparently left at two thirty. His bus left first. they came in two buses. His bus left first. And it arrived somehow. He's after a good a half hour after the one that went second. Apparently, uh, he w- but he said. <laughs> actually, I'll let I'll let him tell you. Uh, bus ride is going to be a lot more fun than the the bus ride up. Uh, our driver, uh, our dri- driver had to stop for a bathroom break two hours into the trip. So, uh, to be honest, though, that you know. Uh, Three weeks into a newborn, uh, that bus ride was probably the most consecutive hours of sleep I've had. So I actually relished in that in that moment a little bit. Was kind of geared up for it. Anyway, so yeah, so good for him. He sure he got a lot of sleep on the way back to. Uh, you know, it's funny how how Friday nights maybe could be a refuge for a, a, a dad needing a little break. You know, so um, but anyway, uh, so I was walking out with him and I was telling him, uh, you know, hey, he wanted to know what the scores were. Now he won a game. Usually, if you lose a game like that, you don't want to hear anything. You don't want to hear what happened. But he wanted to know what the scores were going on. And he was excited about a lot of the returns from the FCAC Pete coming out. And, uh, you know, the FCAC, after a bad week one, Pete had a great week two. I mean, sorry, Alliance week two had a great week three. It wasn't completely great because Trumbull loses and Danbury got smoked. But, you know, that kind of carry over. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but carry over into Saturday where number 10 Windsor was coming down. They even screaming, Pete. Windsor has been screaming, where's the love? Are you coming to our game? What's going on? All right, so we gave you a story on Robinson, the quarterback. He's you know, he's going to be a good one. Buchanan got knocked out of the poll just by not even, you know, they won their game, they got knocked out. So here comes Windsor, comes to Dunning Field, and got to play Buchanan. And, uh, you know, lots of rain, lots of wind. Uh, not a lot of people showed up for this one. Uh, the, the students did show up, at least for a half. And, uh, you know, right at, from the start, Pete, Windsor seemed to be in control for a game. They got a pair of touchdown passes from A.J. Robinson to Max Copeland. And uh, one that came after a New Canaan fumble. But New Canaan, although they don't, when you look at them and see how they play, they don't really have any guys that just absolutely scare you other than Alex Benedetto. But they are so fundamentally sound, and the defense has really been playing well. They tie the game on a Luke Reed touchdown. And they held offensively challenged Windsor in the second half did not score a point. Now, Windsor was missing Kashmir Lewis and Damien Sparrow. But they only held, held them the three first downs in the, in the uh, second half and had two turnovers. Meanwhile, they scored 21 unanswered points to pull out of there. 33-12. to 12. Reed caught a touchdown pass from Luke Robinson. Andreas Esposito caught a TD pass. And Alex Benavento sets up a TD run with a pickoff. He also caps him with a short run. So, lots of trickery from Lou Marinelli. I don't know if he needed it, especially in the second half. But uh, here he is talking about the uh, one of the one of their plays. They called the Trojan Horse, uh, where everyone kind of scrambles when when they they go into a huddle. They, they run out and they confuse the defense. And uh, he he tr- attributed that to the late great Bo Hickey. And you can definitely put that. You can definitely put that. In. Bo Hickey passed away uh, a few months ago. That was one of his things, the Trojan horse, where they get together. And you know, I, I said, I don't think it's going to work. No, oh, it's going to work. It's going to work. And sure enough, I mean, it really, it really uh, came out well. So that, that was good. There were a few times you tried a little bit of you know, trickery. Oh, we tried. Yeah, we yeah. tried here and there, and some some worked and some didn't. So, yeah. but I mean, 
we needed something like that because I'm telling you, they're a good football team. I mean, we were scared to death, uh, you know, to see them. And I, I have so much respect for their for their staff and fleet. I mean, uh, it's one of the best staffs I think in the state. It really is. And, and not only are they are they good coaches, but their kids are are gentlemen, and their coaches are gentlemen. I mean, it's uh, it, it's really a pleasure, win or lose. You know, it's 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 what's good about high school football. I think. I mean, I felt very positive going into the second half. I, I think that um, again, I don't not, not having um, Cashmere Lewis and Damian Sparrow. That, that losing those two guys really hurt. Uh, so guys filling in for them just wasn't um, just weren't ready. Uh, so, but um, Canoe Canyon did a great job. I mean, they a great program. You know what I mean? Uh, this yeah. is a, you know every this is a you know learning step for our you know guys who got to fill in when guys are down, and it's just going to make it, make us better. So Pete, New Canaan, number ten ranked dispatches with uh, with Windsor. Windsor will have to see them down the road a bit. You know, the Cleveland likes come on injuries. They, they just couldn't get it done on a Saturday. Yeah, it was uh, a little disappointing. I got to come and watch that game. I didn't have to work it, but I came to hang out with you. And I was all aboard the Windsor train. You know, uh, I had a big I thought it would be a big week for the CCC and, and they let me down. But Windsor, I mean, like you said, you said it there. New Canada is so fundamentally sound. They didn't make many mistakes. You mentioned it during the game. They tackle well. They just tackle well. I mean, and, and I've said this a bunch. No one adjusts better at halftime than New Canaan. I mean, their coaching staff puts on a you know a show every week with what they're able to do. And uh, I mean, you thought going into half, New Canaan scores, goes for two. Yeah, and no you're like, why the heck did they do that? And it was twelve twelve. Maybe they saw something. They probably saw something. I'm never going to question them. They come out in the second half and, I mean, just absolutely obliterate them. I mean, it wasn't even close. It wasn't even a game. Even when they were only up by, like, a score and Windsor had the ball, you really weren't worried. You are were like, New Canaan's going to get it back. Probably going to go right down and score. And that's exactly what they did. Um, Field position was big. Of, and then speaking of the fans, like you said, like, they never have fans stay. Fans down in Fairfield County usually leave at, like, halftime. It's yeah, I mean, listen, like, the students are usually pretty good, but I'm I was I went to go to my car to get a, an extra battery just in case mine ran out, and I see them all leaving. Like, what are you gonna What are we gonna do now? What are you gonna do? They're only up there. It was a t- it was a tied score. The few kids that were left, they split after the uh, after the first New Canaan touchdown. All right, that's it. We won. You know, <laughs> it was nineteen to twelve. So you know, whatever. You know, it's a Saturday. That's a tough call. You know, late Saturday game wasn't exactly a noon kickoff. But, you know, I guess everyone had stuff to do. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it was pouring out. Maybe you go to the movies. Uh, who knows? No, they came. They probably got like their TikTok or their selfie being at the game to say that they were at the game and then they left. No, well, you know, a big, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, in the Greenwich crowd, I took a look at them. The Greenwich crowd, you know, they, there were enough guys that showed up, but I mean, you know, students. That's a oh, so that's a hard drive. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's a but that's my point. A lot of staples going up to Southington, you know, the Alliance creates some great matchups, but you know, you know, again, that's having these big, these big games, you know, you kind of lose something. The high school football experience is supposed to be the local. It's my town against our neighbors. It's my town against the, the local Catholic school that takes all our kids. Let's just like Holy Cross. We forgot about, forgot about the Holy Cross Naugatuck last week. Oops. But our guy, uh, 
Jet Hall just went off on, on Holy Cross about saying this was personal for him, and uh, they always take our kids, and we're going to show them, including, like, his half-brother, right, Pete? Uh, yeah. On that team, too. <laughs> so, geez. The, the block field goal, so you said it made a little personal for, for you in what way? Um, a lot of my friends go to Holy Cross. My brother goes to Holy Cross, and um, that's what really makes it so personal. Um, hometown guys going to a different school, it kind of makes us sick to our stomach because um, we're a family. We all grew up playing football together. Why are you going to leave us? So, yeah, it's personal. So when we play you, we're going to show you why you shouldn't have left. Uh, anyway, so, I mean, that's the Lions, the Lions games will be great. Uh, I do think, you know, too much is, is less is more. You know, the, the less you have of this, the more special they are. You know, if you just keep Lions game, the Lions games, the Lions games, unless you make a league out of it, I, you know, you lose something in that local flavor. Uh, that's, you know, I'm, I'll continue to. Yeah, out. but then even the home team, though, like, you know, New Canaan, like, you know, stay, stay. Enjoy. Yeah. It was a great game. Yeah. Your team plays so yeah, hard and they play so well. Windsor, Windsor might as well have been, you know, Windsor, you know, Idaho for all they care. You know? Yeah, that's that's the case. You know, that's true. You know, if it's yeah. like if it's Greenwich, they ain't going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. Close I don't game. know. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. We'll see. Don't they? Don't, I'm pretty sure Greenwich and Canaan play this year. No, I don't think so. Um, no, yeah, they don't. Jump. All right. So when does New Canaan? <laughs> Let's look at New Canaan's schedule. Let's the the Darien game. Obviously, that's Thanksgiving. Oh, but, that's uh, what I forgot to tell you. The, the Darien kids. They showed up. To... <laughs> there they, they are. The there they are. Oh my God! There they are. Camel coming to town to uh, cheer on Windsor. <laughs> They left at half. No, they, they leave at halftime. I think so. But no, I, they I, no, they hung out. We talked to them a little bit in the third quarter. Okay. Well, they did split. Too. It didn't take them long, but they split as well. But I I enjoyed them coming to show up. So at least somebody showed up, other than uh, you know the new Canon students leaving at halftime. <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh man. Okay. So that is the top ten poll, Pete. But that doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of what just kind of a crazy week it was. Let's jump in and take a look at the alliance standings. And we were talking all about this was the last big week of it. There was like, I think 34 ish games. The SWC had a, a pretty big week. The FCC, the SEC and the FCAC both with the same records in the first big week, the CCC, which came into the day one and six still under 500. They go 13 and six. They're just a massive conference. They go 13 and 16 with, uh, you know, a few games. They lost Maloney game. They lost the uh, the Southington game, um, but there were a bunch of games, Pete, that the CCC did win that was big, and you were at one of them down there over there in the, in the black hole that is uh, Monroe's uh, Benedict Field. What happened in that game? What didn't happen in that game? Let's start there because there were so many touchdowns, just an absurd amount of scores, back and forth, just absolute chaos and craziness. Um, look, we, we, we talked about this game last week. We thought it would be a good game and we thought massive was going to be able to wear down Bloomfield. Yeah. That looked like the case high scoring at halftime. Massive gets the ball to start the second half. They come out in this run heavy package and they go right down the field and score. And all of a sudden you're like, all right, like Massick's up 17. Like this is going to be really hard to come back from. Then all of a sudden, Massick forgot how to get a first down. And it just left the door open every drive. And Bloomfield took advantage of it, scoring 24 straight points in the second. Coming, really, Massick scored at eight minutes left in the third quarter. Bloomfield scored 24 points the rest of the way to win. 
and it was just an absolute unbelievable game. Darian Foster really impressed me. The quarterback threw four touchdowns. You know, he is a baller. The Kerr brothers are really good. Uh, it's hard. How do you how do you block? How do you cover one and not the other? Like, if you double one, the other one's going to beat you. You single coverage both of them, they're both going to beat you. I mean, Foster has all these, you know, he has all the time in the world. If Foster had some really good things to say. Uh, you know, kind of what he told his team when they were down and how he kept them into it. But uh, I'll let him talk because it was, it was really impressive. No, you know, at halftime we were down 10 points. I was like, dog, these, these dudes aren't better than us. You know, we, we're, we're more conditioned. We're tired. They're tired. It's just whoever got the most heart, I was, I was telling them we got more heart than they do. Like, we just got to finish, got to play as a team till the end. Look, this team, I saw you guys in the finals last year chance to come down and win the game you take penalties kind of stepping on your own foot tonight same thing what was different because you took that penalty and then all of a sudden it didn't phase you guys you guys went right back down the field two big passes all of a sudden you're right in the end zone you know it was just last year i feel like we just let you know little stuff affect us too much you know we're like you know what it's a flag whatever let's just get that play back let's get those yards back on this play the next play and then, you know, Bloomfield coached High Outlaw talking about the team's grit and able to fight back in the game and kind of not give up. Uh, you know, obviously it took a long time for them to get there, but uh, it didn't really show late in the game. I mean, I, I think it was a heavyweight battle. Um, Nasik is a really, really good team. Um, I hope they win the championship in their class. And um, it was just a dogfight tonight. You guys are down by 24, you scored the last 24 points of the game. What were you able to do to turn around the third quarter and not have guys, you know, put their head down and stuff? Well, we, we felt we could score. It wasn't that, but we had to stop them as well. And we knew that both teams was getting tired and they was getting tired and we had to dig a little bit. We feel like our team was in great shape and, and they was able to pull it out tonight. You guys have played in a lot of big games, but to come here on the road and win this one, it's got to feel pretty good. And, oh, it and mean a lot for the program, right? Uh, it feels great. And, you know, shout out to Massick. Um, you know some of these boys here, the Mark Hope, and, you know, I played football with when I was in high school. He's number 23. He's a senior. And, you know, I wish this team all the best. I mean, they're great kids, and I hope they win it. Um, I, I will say this about Bloomfield, and this was very noticeable, and it was noticeable during the class finals last year, and it was noticeable during this game. When the going got tough, you know, they just seemed to kind of get in their way, taking some pretty bad penalties, uh, some mental mistakes. And, um, you know, like against maybe a better team, they don't win that game. Um, so that was just something that I noticed while watching Bloomfield. They are so talented, but I, I feel like if they can clean up those mental mistakes, you know, not taking a, a, a false start penalty when you clearly, you know, don't have to or, you know, kind of penalties like that. I think Bloomfield is a really, really good team. Um, and I think they could do some serious damage in S. How about Masik? Didn't they lose their quarterback, Pete? Yeah, that was, and that added to the to the confusion of no one really knew what went on. So the game, beginning of the game, was just all passing. It took forever, and Masik got the ball first, went right down the field, and scored in this running offense. And they took a lot of time off the clock. This is the second so I'm half, sitting right? there. This is the start of the second half. Yeah, so I'm sitting there thinking maybe they're just looking to control the game, put the ball in Jason Champagne's hands, let him control. The game will control the clock. Clearly, Massick's not making a stop on defense. Bloomfield's not making a stop on defense. So they run that the entire second half. And I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, what? what? Okay, we get it. Like, you're trying to whatever. But, like, now the game is close. Why aren't you throwing the ball? Then 
We get to the final drive after Bloomfield takes the lead with a minute left. And they're Robbie Klein's not coming out taking snaps. So clear he got injured at the end of the first half, but we didn't know because it just seemed like they were just coming to just run the clock, control the clock and the game with Jason. Uh, and they brought in uh, their freshman quarterback, Jason Champagne's brother. Uh, completed a couple of passes on the final drive before throwing a pick with no time left, but I, I felt bad for the kid. I talked to him after. I was like, his first varsity snaps are against Bloomfield. <laughs> I mean, that's not – that's in baptism by fire. But uh, hopefully Klein's okay. Um, obviously, it was serious enough for him not to come back in the game when it got close. So uh, that could be a major uh, issue for the Panthers going forward. Massic, of course, without their coaches still, Steve Christie, the head coach, and Eric Giordano, the assistant coach, still no sign of any word of anything about this investigation wrapping up anytime soon from the Massic Board of Education. I'm sorry, the yeah, the Monroe Board of Education. So we'll see. I mean, we are almost at midseason and no coaches other than the guys who are there. So hope that gets figured out and soon. Uh, some of the other crazy, we're just going to kind of run through this stuff. Uh, some of the craziness that happened this week. I mean, we, we talked about Bristol Eastern beating Hill House two to nothing. That was safety. How about Fairfield prep only after scoring 34 points against hand last week in a loss and against Greenwich, 21 points could only muster a safety key. At Darianna, I well, let's talk about large crowds. They had a great crowd for that game. You know, I don't, you know, how many times did Darian play Fairfield Prep in the regular season? And, uh, you know, they had a great crowd there. Darian, Ben Curtis returns a third quarter interception, 47 yards for a touchdown, the only touchdown of the game to give uh, Darian the lead for good. Seven, they made it seven to two. They tacked on a field goal, 10 to two. Uh, was there a grand slam in this game? Were they out on the baseball field? I don't know. Uh, Darian had four pickoffs. Great defensive performance. Uh, I think Ryan Garlamo had two. And Briggs McGuckin, there's a name, had two as well. Or sorry, had one uh, in addition to that. And uh, Darian with a big win. Fairfield Prep, 0-3, though. Uh, and, and it's just, you know, you talk about everyone loves the Alliance. Um, how's the Alliance doing for Fairfield Prep right now? Oof. McGuckin, I believe his sister is a very good uh, field hockey or lacrosse player for Darianne. Uh, so I, I've seen that name before. Yeah. But I uh, talked to a couple of the Darianne kids at the New Canaan game at halftime, just filling me in on what on what happened. And looked like the Blue Wave defense came to play. Um, much different performance than they had against McMahon the week before. Um, but 10-2? I mean, look, don't get me wrong. If I tell – if I, you know, ask um, – if I ask Darian baseball coach Mike Scott, hey, you guys play prep this spring. You, uh, uh, will you take a 10-2 win? He'll take that every time. Football, though, it's a real head scratcher. Look, here's the thing. We talked about it earlier on this show. You and I both still vote for fair for real prep. I think they are still one of the most talented teams in the state, but you look That's at that schedule. Greenwich, then Hand, an overtime loss. Like Hand, That's a rival program. Like They're going to compete. And then, obviously, Darian is a good program too. And they just don't have time to, to take a breath. And that's where this sec schedule is a bunch of garbage. When you compare it to every other conference, they don't have a week 
to reset and reboot. They don't have the pleasure of going to play a school that they know they are going to beat. That doesn't exist in tier one of the SEC, even with your tier two crossovers. And that is a bunch of malarkey. That it's 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 BS. It's really what it is. It's because you could sit here and you could look at it and say, oh, you know, like, uh, you know, looking at New Canyon, right? They came off of the Shelton loss. They went right into Fairfield Ward, who is young and rebuilding. And for New Canaan, that's a great game for them to turn around and say, these are the things that we need to fix. You don't get to do that in the SEC Tier 1. Now, the point system and the extra added points, like if Prep wins out and they go 7-3, and they'll get in and they'll be dangerous. But looking at Prep, it's not going to be that easy. They have Cheshire Cheshire this week. They have Cheshire this week, right? North Haven after after that. North Haven, then Shelton, Hamden, Xavier, Notre Dame, and West Haven. I can't look at that schedule and confidently say, oh, they're going to win out and go seven and three. No, that's not happening. So even with these extra, even with these extra adjusted bonus points, they're not getting into the playoffs. No, probably not. Because they Uh, don't have gimmies on their schedule like every other conference does. Again, it needs to be. Yeah, the 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 number one, the playoff system. uh, If the playoff system was win your league, then this would be great. Um, it's not. It's by points, and there are going to be a ton of class double L schools that play a. We've said this a billion times. Ton of class double L schools, not in the SEC, that are just going to collect a lot more points than they are, and they, they're going to be fighting Squan even if they go six and four, or I, I doubt it, but you know, or, or it's it'll be tough. Even seven three, they'll be tough. So uh, again, it's just again, it's just the disconnect between here's what the state does and here's what these leagues do. The leagues do no, just one three. league. Just one league. Well, no, but well, they're starting to. They're they're. Well, you see it elsewhere. You see it in the NVL. You see it in the CCC. They you also see it in the NVL. It. Yes, they also do it. You're right, but they only play it in conference schedule. So they're really in control of their own destiny, right. and they Still. play more than one. It's it's crossover perverse. game in the lower it is division. More perverse than the SEC. If I'm Fairfield Correct. Prep, I'm I'm making a phone call to Dave Schultz and saying, "Hey, how do we get in the FCA?" I want I want a couple of those gimme games that uh, some of your top teams get. This is a travesty. This is an absolute travesty. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you get things like Hamden and West Haven last year playing SEC tier two, not getting that, getting the easy schedule you're talking about, and they go with the playoffs eight and two, nine and one. So, you know, <laughs> I, I know there there aren't a lot of uh, Fairfield Prep apologists in this state. I'm no, sure there's a lot of people there cheering. Nobody's crying and, for prep. Oh yeah, no one's crying for prep. But you know what? Take off take off the name at the top of that schedule and tell me that it's not a bunch of nonsense. The same thing with Shelton. Same thing with Shelton. Shelton got a got got a break. They beat uh, Weathersfield. Weatherfield's not looking great this year, so they got a break. But Weathersfield did go to the playoffs last year. Yeah. So. Speaking of maybe gimme games, you would think Ludlow might be one of those gimme games, but the Falcons are three and zero after just thumping Hamden thirty five to fourteen in one of those games. You're like, what? You know, Hamden obviously very good. Uh, use its offense, uses rush game to beat Trumbull, um, and but this time Ludlow just absolutely obliterated. Now, ask me what happened in the game. I couldn't tell you because I don't hear. We don't get any information from. Fairfield Ludlow. They don't send a box score. They their preview was very, very, was very, very short. 
Um, the only way I know anything about this game, 270 yards passing and two touchdowns and another 100 yards rushing and two touchdowns by the Falcons. They also uh, got five turnovers. They have four pickoffs against Hamden. But the only reason why I know any of this is because it's from Hamden's huddle, their huddle stats. So I couldn't tell you anything much more about Ludlow. I know they're screaming for attention. Guys, got to help us out. So moving on, that's a great win by them. But, you know, they they played New Canaan this week, 35-14. Yeah, they got New Canaan. Um, congratulations to that, I, I, the other team in Fairfield. Again, like you said, we don't really know much about them. Um, couldn't tell you. Here's the thing. There's 136 high school football teams in, in the state. Yeah. Uh, send in box scores. Yeah. This is not a this do. is not a complicated thing. And a lot of teams do. We got I think we got 44 this week. Amazing. Uh, which was incredible. Uh, but don't complain. Don't send DMs that we're not, oh, we're not getting this, we're not getting that. If you're not gonna help, then you're not gonna get it. Yeah. So like help us help you. Help us help you. Is it from Jerry Maguire? Right? Yeah. Help us help you. Okay. If you don't see your box score in the roundup, we didn't get it from you. Okay, and especially if your preview is going to be thin, we don't know anything about this team. There's nothing on Huddle. There's nothing on Max Prep. There's nothing. So they don't even exist in my mind. Big win, great win. Uh, I mean, oh, it's a great win for them, and I'm very excited for the New Canaan game. Yeah, that should be fun. Three and zero versus three, three, uh, two and one. You know, and uh, is does Ludlow have a shot here? I mean, now I look at it. We'll see. other, I'm sure they got a good roster. Uh, I know the Jacobs kid is good. He came from Ward. That wasn't on the preview. Moving on, uh, some other results that were really Berlin. We said at the top, Berlin. You know, we had Ty Jenkins on, and uh, I'm sorry, Ty. <laughs> Toby Lavender ran for 83 yards and had a touchdown. He also caught a touchdown. Kyle Melville four catches for 120. Mason Demoro 30 yard fumble recovery return. He ripped it out of the kid's hands. But now was only in this game thanks to a 37 yard pick six by Michael Rick Ricketts. Uh, otherwise, uh, they were not in this game at all. A really big win there by Berlin. We None of us picked Berlin uh, in, in the picks. So, uh, you know, I saw him against uh, uh, against Wilton, and <laughs> I didn't think they had it in him from here. So we were all about Benel last week. Well, I'm all about Berlin this week. Nice job by them. You know, think, speaking of other games, Manchester, we didn't, they're speaking of teams that don't send anything in. We have no idea about Manchester, except I can go on max preps at least and see that uh, junior quarterback Emmanuel Sample was 12 of 20 for 268 yards and two TDs rushing. And Julian Henderson ran for 100 yards on 12 carries and scored three touchdowns as they beat a pretty good McMahon team, 41-27. Manchester's 2-0. Uh, they also sacked McMahon four and a half times. Yeah, two picks, eight passes defensive. Really nice job by Manchester. Couldn't tell you much beyond that because we didn't hear from their coach in the preseason. So shout out here for a couple of big wins. Bethel winning its first game in, what, 16 games, two years with a 28-27. They had a rally to beat Plainville 28-27. to uh, Josh McComber threw a pair of touchdown passes and ran for another in the fourth quarter. Uh, they got the extra point there, and they they beat him at Ralph Santa's Field. Bethel with its first win in their alliance game, playing over Plainville. Very good job by them. Derby, Pete. Let's move out of the alliance for a second. Derby uh, had a what was it, forty-seven to two victory over Wilby. Was that right? I think something like that. But really nice job for Jeremy Clark and the Red Raiders. Long time coming. They haven't won since twenty nineteen, including they forfeited half their twenty twenty-one schedule. People thinking, well, is this the end of Derby for good? 
Well, they got their first win since then. So big, big. They were 0 for last year. That was a big, big step for them. Awesome for them. That was that was one of the uh, the great scores to see. Um, high school football is better when Derby is competing. So uh, it's just one, but I think it's a step in the right direction. And jumping back to the Alliance piece, the last one I'll talk about is Draven Roberts. Remember this name. Draven Roberts of you know East what? Hartford so, just lit up Danbury in a 52-32 victory over the Hatters. Uh, this kid had a nut. I mean, I said it in the guide. They averaged, Pete. They were, what, I think they were 0-2. They averaged 42 points a game on offense, and they were, yet they were 0-2. And it was just the weirdest thing I've ever seen. They they lost all their both their games like shootouts. This time they finally get the the shootout victory. The quarterback had seven. He counted for seven touchdowns. He ran for five, and he threw for another two. He all told he had over nearly 400 yards of total offense uh, for first year coach Benny Foles. Uh, 52 to 32 just absolutely lit them up. My goodness. What a performance by them. Uh, he He's putting up similar numbers as our boy Raquan Tompkins did back in 2018. Yeah, very similar. video Video game-like numbers. Now, look, we spoke to Kevin Frederick uh, and his coaching staff at the Greenwich Prep game week one. They just came back from beating East Hartford, and he said, you know, that offense was really good, and the quarterback was pretty, pretty good, and – uh it was nice he got a little love uh, this past weekend because he, uh, he's he been putting up some great numbers. So that wraps up, Pete, the Alliance games. I mean, let's take a quick look at the scoreboard. We look at the overall scoreboard. Uh, another good week for the SWC, although they, you know, maybe some of their, some of their SEC games were against some of the, the weaker teams in that conference. But, you know, that's not bad. Overall, the SWC 17-6, and six, pretty good. SEC 16-14, nice showing. The FCAC was nice. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a total rebound, but a nice rebound week for the FCAC. They finished 16 and 16 overall for the for the two big weeks. Uh the ECC 8 and 11, the CTC, which didn't play for, and the CCC coming in at 14 and 22 overall. If you want to look at some of the uh scores, the uh the CCC went one and six against the SEC. Yikes. Um obviously uh East Haven beat Northwest Catholic. Branford needed a rally to beat Hartford Public. Oops. But uh, Guilford smoking Ram. I don't know when Guilford's going to lose another game. Wait, don't answer that. Uh, <laughs> um, Lyman Hall winning big. I guess So the SEC did very well against the CCC. Uh, the CCC had a little bit better against the FCAC. We talked about Greenwich beating Maloney, but Wilton beat Platt. Stanford had a big night beating Simsbury, which is struggling. Talk about East Hartford. Manchester, we talked about uh, South Windsor, Enfield winning, Buchanan winning, and then uh, Hall. So that was a kind of a toss up there. Uh, so the CCC wasn't great, but it wasn't bad either. The SWC basically was a push between the two of them. Uh, I think they had they were both four and four. So that was that was fascinating. Berlin obviously being the big one. New Milford beating Milltown, Bloomfield being Massick, and then Bethel knocking off them. So you know, uh, we had we had the one forfeit in order named Fairfield. Forfeiting to Lewis Mills. Tallinn had two pick sixes and a 36-7 win over Weston. So that are your Alliance games. Now we go back to our regularly scheduled programming. Everyone goes back to their corners uh, until we see each other again, uh, most likely 
in the playoffs. So, uh, so that wraps it up for this Alliance week, Pete. Uh, the, the second big one, we have only about, I think, 14 games left over the course of the, of the rest of the season. So let's kind of turn ourselves, turn into look at week four. And one of the big games, there's not a ton of big games coming up, but one of the big games, thanks to a big win over last week, it wasn't an Alliance game. It was Morgan's new co-op with Old Saybrook and Westbrook. They defeated Capital Prep, achievement first, 56 to 28. Uh, kind of a shocking score. We heard from their coach, Kevin Sullivan, who we'll bring on the podcast right now. Here he is. They are 3-0. and They're scoring the most points in the state right now. Uh, here is Kevin Sullivan of, what are they? They're the the M- MSW. We'll have to ask Huskies. <laughs> we'll have to ask Joining us now on the show is the third year head coach of Morgan, but the first year head coach of the Morgan Saybrook Westbrook. Do you have a nickname, coach? I don't even know. It's Kevin Sullivan. Kevin, welcome to the Meek Rider. How you doing? Do you have hey, a first. Thanks for having me. But right now it's just uh, MSW. That's all we got right now. Short and sweet. You're not the Huskies anymore. You're not the Rams, the Husky Rams or the. Technically, the Husky... right now, we are the Huskies. Okay. I Is feel there... like the Husky Rams might be offensive to Rams. And I think it might be offensive to Huskies, too. Well, anyway. no, no, like a Husky Ram. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. Is there any? I, I personally, personally, I we've talked about it before. I want co-ops with more than two schools. That has to they have to go to a regional name. So you guys should be the Shoreline All Stars. I know, okay. like let's, I know, let's Han- chill on the All Stars part, but but you're the best. <laughs> you know, best of the best of, of of three towns in the Shoreline, the the heart of the Shoreline, Old Saybrook, Westbrook, more uh, uh, Clinton. I mean, I mean, uh, I get it, but we are three and seventeen combined. I wouldn't subject that as all stars well i mean you know <laughs> uh well you guys are off to a great regardless right now you're playing like an all-star team you are off to a great start three and oh you just beat capital prep our darling team and we get a text message from <laughs> kevin where all hell is breaking loose across the state and kevin is texting pete and i to to taunt us with our bad capital prep pick I'm here. I am thinking that they've, you know, they've turned the corner. They can't um, Morgan and old city. They can't possibly beat this team. They've been practicing, blah, blah, blah. Sure enough. I look at the score at a shootout coach. What is it? What has been, what has been the key to your big start here? You've got two rival programs, three schools. How do you get them all together to start playing well like this? I mean, luckily for the, for the most part, a lot of the kids knew each other. You know, we were able to co-op kind of the JV teams last year and, you know, kind of able to practice a little bit together. So we were able to, you know, build off of that. And then, you know, for the most part, you know, at Morgan, we had a fair amount coming back. You know, our quarterback came back, Tyler Baldwin, Jack Nye, our running back, Casey Corrigan, all returners. Um, you know, Logan Ryan, who's been our left tackle. He's a junior now. He's been our left tackle since he was a freshman. And then, you know, just old Saybrook, you know, came in, you know, with a few more pieces, you know, up front, you know, and then across the defensive backfield and receivers, we just, you know, have it. Everybody knew it was something that had to kind of be done if everybody wanted to be competitive and, you know, be able to have the opportunity to play football. Did you when did you get the idea or when did you start to hear that this might be a possibility and how long ago and, you know, and and who approached who and how did it all come about? So it's funny you say that, you know, the idea was actually on the table after my first year. 
you know, Old Saybrook graduated a bunch and, you know, so did we. We weren't sure what the freshman numbers were going to be. So it was actually put on the table, I think, two years ago. And then, you know, finally went through this past year between, the, you know, the three board of eds and everything. What um, I mean, is it was it how are your numbers doing at the time? Uh, our numbers were, you know, decent. But, you know, after my first year, we graduated. I think it was 15 seniors in first yeah. class S school. You know, that's a that's a lot of kids. And I think at the time in our freshman class, we had about 12, which was good. But we were really thin in our you know, our current senior class, which I think, you know, even with Old Saybrook, we only have about, I think it's seven or eight seniors. And then, you know, our sophomore class is a decent size and our junior class is a decent size. Is it a, I mean, is it, I mean, football numbers have been dropping. I know that the, the, the leadership of the state, mm-hmm. the high school coaches association, have tried to find ways to kind of like boost interest. I mean, you definitely had people who are not as, uh, I mean, I even talked to friends of mine. They don't maybe not as many people like their kids playing football anymore. There's a lot, you know, risk involved. They don't want to deal with it anymore. I mean, and I'm sure that kind of pervades into a community like yours uh, where they don't want to they don't want to deal with it. And then, you know, you're a small school. Any type of like reduction in numbers must be a massive hit. So, I mean, I mean, there's there's validity to that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the other thing, too, with, you know, Saybrook and Clinton, they both have pretty good boys soccer programs, too which right. definitely defeats, the, you know, doesn't help us. And then, you know, at the time, there is no youth program in Clinton or Old Saybrook. You know, we're in the process of trying to, you know, figure that out so we can, you know, help grow the sport, you know, from the ground up. It sounds crazy, but, you know, we get, we don't get the kids till they're freshmen. So, you know, most of the time that's their first year playing football. Yeah. Well, I mean, how did uh, – well, tell me about how you became the head coach. I mean, I guess they were kind of like in a flux – so was it because Morgan was going to be the the host? Is that why you're you're there? Or yeah, so the... for the right. So I think if for the most part we are kind of the host school. We had the more kids, and you know, I technically have been there longer than you know the old old Saber coach was. I think it was his, it was his first year last yeah, year. So right. I kind of had the two years you know jump a little bit on it, um, but that's how it worked out. I got lucky. And and was it like you know? Herb Brooks with the with the United States hockey team, you know, having to take the making them making them do laps until they realize they were playing for one town or one uh, program. Uh, no, but, you know, we still have rumblings of it. Um, you know, there's definitely some bumps. There's been you know a lot of bumps in the road and whatever. You know, it's crazy to think about it. But the kids, you know, bought in buy into it a lot quicker than, you know, sometimes some of the adults do, um, you know, because towns have lots of traditions and everything. And this is, you know, this is something completely new for everybody, but for the most part, the kids, you know, the kids have been all in. Um, it was funny. You say that like one of the kids the other day, old Saber kids the other day go, coach, man, we hated you guys last year. We just wanted to beat you so bad. I'm like, well, look at you now. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say a uh, miracle is a great reference. I was going to say maybe, and obviously a little bit different for obvious reasons, but like, remember the Titans, right? Yeah. You know, were there any, like, you know, when you guys had camp, were, were the Morgan kids sitting at a different lunch table than the old Sabre kids? Did you make them take the same bus? Like, you know, we, we pull a little Denzel. Def- I mean, we definitely had to kind of, you know, because naturally kids are going to gravitate towards, you know, kids they know, they've been hanging out with their whole life. So we kind of had to bust that a little bit the first couple of days. And, you know, lucky for us, we had, you know, spring and summer. We kind of knew it was happening. So, you know, summer conditioning, they just naturally just start – 
you know, hey, I like this kid. We, we're friends. We kind of get along. We, you know, we've played each other in football, on the basketball court, baseball. So, you know, we've kind of built a relationship. So we got lucky in that aspect for sure. How was, how was the combining, though, of like, you know, you had some returners. You know, you had your quarterback, you had your running back, you had your wide receivers, your linemen, and now they had their own quarterback, their own receivers, their own linemen. Mm -hmm. How was Mel, you know, kind of pushing that together where you have two kids who were coming in being like, hey, this is my year to be the starting running back. And guess what? There's only one ball. Absolutely. You know, definitely, you know, we've we've had, and, and that's what's been great about the program itself, is kind of we've been able to bring in, you know, more competition, you know, and competition brings out the best in everybody, you know, they've had, and we've kind of complemented each other very well for the most part. Um, you know, things that we needed, they kind of had things we had, they kind of needed, you know, we were left, their quarterback graduated last year. He was, you know, only a one year starter, but we brought, you know, Tyler was coming back this year. Um, he was an all conference, you know, quarterback last year you know coming in after drew and then you know casey's been our starting running back for this is my third year so for three years he's been our starting yeah. running back and jack nye is jack nye so there was you know he's that guy yeah and then, you know they they brought in kids like you know bar statue who's been you know an offensive tackle and defensive end for us who's been freaking great um wes percival who's you know been a great receiver and safety for us so you know we've kind of been able to you know, compete a little bit more and, you know, kind of fill in the places that we were missing. You know, yeah, Jack, I mean, compete a little bit more. You, you, to go off, you know, competing a little bit more. You guys are three and oh, yes. combined last year, both programs were three and 17, and yep. Morgan had all three wins. So, you know, I mean, obviously the results, the proof is in the pudding, right? I mean, had him killing worth 44 to 20, Coventry 54 nothing, Capital Prep, you're hanging 56 points. You guys going into last week were like the second highest scoring offense in the state, mm -hmm. right? And now, you know, you put up another 50 point win. You got Cromwell, like you're kind of getting into the mick, yeah, uh, the, the thick of uh, the Pequot. But Absolutely. what's the vibes like? Do the kids feel like, does this group feel like, hey, we can, we can make a run here? We can, we can get in the state playoffs. Hey, we're, you know, we're just taking it a game at a time. We know the stretch that we have coming up. Let's, let's not be honest. You know, we've got Cromwell coming up this week and that is the most, you know, is the most important game we got right now. Cromwell has been the creme de la creme. They've been, you know, the king of the Pequot for the most part, if you want to say, you know, I came in and they've, you know, whooped my butt twice. So we're not, we're not trying to get ahead of ourselves. You know, we got them, you know, you look at the rest of our schedule. I think we have six playoff teams on our schedule from last yeah. year, you know, Cromwell, SMSA, Rockville, Ellington, North Branchford, you know, Valley, you know, Valley was, a state, you know, in the state championship last year. So it's like, it, it you know, we got Cog and Chog, which is a rivalry. It's like, there, it's a tough road, but you know, we just got to take it one game at a time really at this point. Yeah. I mean, tell me about Cromwell Portland. I mean, obviously, you know, they have uh, defied expectations so far. Maybe Randall was giving us a little like, you know, subterfuge <laughs> sitting there. Oh, no, we're we were building. Maybe rebuilding for them is like, you know, going eight and two or something. Uh, but obviously, uh, Yearwood, Emeka Yearwood has uh, been great for them. And then they got a lot of players who have been stepping up. You know, what what are they what what challenges do they pose? Oh, I mean, they're, you know, First and foremost, they're, you know, Randell has done a great job with that program. I mean, he's, you know, got him competing for a state championship every year right now for the past, you know, two years. So he's done a great job. Um, 
you know, he's got a great coaching staff with him. They do a great job with those kids. Those kids really buy into their program. And, you know, they come out, they play fast. They are physical as, you know, physical is going to get. They play great defense. You know, that's for sure what they hang their hat on. And, you know, every time you look, it's like, oh, Teddy Williams is gone. Owen Brunk's gone. Maybe we got a shot. And now, you know, it's just, it's not much rebuilding. It's more like reloading. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, then, then they start off. You guys play, let's see, uh, one, two more home. I get three more road home games, but you end the season off with three road games in your last four games. And then your home game is versus North Brantford, who's, you know, making waves too. Uh, that is mm-hmm. a tough, tough schedule. You got a long way to go, but absolutely, so, so far, so good. Coach, we appreciate you coming on and joining us. Give a little time here. Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll be, uh, we'll have our eyes on that game against, uh, Cromwell Portland and who knows man uh, you know it could be seeing you down the road a lot more but uh, thank Coach, you guys appreciate it yeah you're, you're Coach, know, thank you thank you so much just quickly though just quick you know I want a quick answer on this oh what is this team doing on Thanksgiving since you guys aren't playing each other this year are you guys That's doing like right. a fun a fun team day maybe go to the field like what are you guys going to do Thanksgiving morning now that you guys aren't playing that's a great question and I don't really have an answer for you right now <laughs> You know, we'll we'll see what you know. We'll see where the road brings us. You know, that's a long road off. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we could be you know sitting back, you know, kind of scoreboard watching. Do but, you like? Right. Do you would you rather play a Thanksgiving Day rivalry game if you could, or would you? Are you like looking forward to this having the week off? You know, like it's it's funny you say that because I you know at Holy when I was you know played at Holy Cross it was like a big thing. You know, you played Wolfen on Thanksgiving and then you know. Through the years of coaching, you know, we play, you know, at Newington, we didn't play Weathersfield on Thanksgiving. You know, we didn't play, you know, at Morgan, we didn't even play Old Saybrook on Thanksgiving. So it's like it, it's going to be kind of nice to have, you know, that week off. And hopefully, you know, it's a nice week off for us to rest up. That's right. You were a junior on that Holy Cross team, right? In 06, yep. the one that won it all with Mulrooney yep. and Cross and all those dudes. Yep. Uh, we were talking before we had this. Uh, the NVL has never been better. Like that two-year stretch, 06. Oh seven. I know you're biased, but I I happen to think that. I don't know what you think. Oh, I absolutely one hundred percent agree. I mean, we the teams we had to go through that year was you know we it made it seem dominant, but we still lost one to that Ansonia team with Alex Thomas and all those guys that were was a really good football team that I'm sure you know many of our guys wish we could have back. Yeah, no, and that was a, that NVL championship game was like an all timer. Just uh you know, I was great. Yeah, in the monsoon. I stayed home. You know, I stayed home, and I regret it ever since. I remember staying home and blogging about it when that was a thing. You know, oh, live blog on the yeah. Join us for updates of the NBL championship game. I was listening right. to Bob Sagendorf, who just retired. Bob Sagendorf called the game. What was it? That game was at Wolkit. I want to say at Wolkit. Right? Yep. It was. It was windy. It was rainy. I. It was. I'll never forget. I caught a you know, caught a kick in warmups and I ran it back and went to flip it to the center about five yards away from me. And the wind just took it to yeah. the other side. Yeah, it was and nuts. And Alex Thomas went wild, but that oh, holy crust, he was all timer, you know, obviously uh, just a, just a great, I mean, you, you still talk to those. I mean, Mulrooney's doing great. Who's last I yep. saw was at Lock Havens, right? And Kroos yep. is up there at uh, Santa Maria where Mulrooney was. Jeez, uh, yep. you know, they've just been, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a good football. A lot of got a lot of good football guys came out of that. And and now look at you. you know, oh, let's absolutely. Not forget you got <laughs> coach. Hey, okay. I'm not there. I'm not anywhere near them yet. But, <laughs> you know, and, you know, they're still coach. Champ Petruzzi still got it going. You know, they're still competing down there in the NBL. So, 
He had a rough week last, uh, the week before against uh, Noggy, but uh, I'm sure we'll see him back again. But yeah, uh, absolutely. All right, Kevin. All right, Kevin. We appreciate you coming Thanks, on, guys. giving us a little bit, and uh, good good luck this this Friday against Cromwell Portland. So we'll see you soon. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. All right. So Pete Cromwell Portland plays host to Morgan Saybrook Westbrook Huskies, the Shoreline All Stars at Pearson Park Friday night. Get your tickets now. Another big game in the Pequot. Yeah, for sure. Uh, make sure you listen to the Pick'em's pod this week because we will be picking that game again. Uh, well, we'll be picking a Morgan game again. So hopefully maybe we get it right this time because we both went over last week. Yeah, I, know. I did not do well. I did not do well. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. There's some guys who did well. You have to go find that all out. People have that ready for you. Uh, Thursday mornings, be, be there. Be there or be square. Uh, just quickly looking at the, the schedule, Pete, you know, we got Sheriff Cheshire at Fairfield prep. This could be it for the, for the Jesuits uh, playing on that field again. Who knows? Uh, we'll see what happens with, uh, with Matt Jeffrey and Jeffrey Gonzalez and that one Bullard Havens, Bullard Colby plays Northwest United in a big CTC game. Uh, looking out the, you know, a lot of people at the ECC say, what about us? What about us? You guys don't cover all that. You guys, let's start winning some games here. You know, let's let's you want to make a splash on this podcast. You got to, you know, get into the top 10 or at least knock off some guys. So far, the ECC's kind of a, been a mixed bag. North Haven going on Fitch, just absolutely obliterating them in that game. So, uh, you know, East Lime at, at Stony is kind of a big one um, uh, anyway. But uh, Darian Norwalk, I guess that's Norwalk is one on one. West Haven Shelton, obviously, and is the big one. But Benel Massick, very big for Benel all of a sudden, but it even maybe even big for Massick. Because both these teams coming off losses, uh, you know, chance for someone to bounce back. Yeah, the ECC, it, it's just not a great year for them, I think. Um, you know, Killingly, who has been, yeah, Killingly has been the darling, all right, of the ECC the last couple of years. Uh, they went 0 2 in their only two Alliance games. And actually, they went 0 2 in their first two Alliance games. They have Thames River in the third Alliance game in uh, on October 13th. But you know, looking at that schedule, they're probably going to go unbeaten in the ECC. So what does that say about the ECC then? Yeah, right. And that's the one thing you can say about the Alliance. At least it kind of exposes you to a lot more, to a lot bigger, better schedules. But uh, it only works if everyone's involved because the NVL remains, remains unexposed. Well, I will say this. If I'm the NVL, I wouldn't want to join either. I don't blame them. I don't blame them either. Look at, look at what the CIC says. This is what you need to do to get in. No. Oh, I I don't blame them. I don't blame them, but I also don't vote for Ansonia. So, well, like yeah. zero <laughs> points. Right. Anyway, well, I do. Anyway, so that is basically what we're looking at for this week, Pete. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to take a little bit of a breather. <laughs> I think this week, you know, I'm mean, obviously West David Shelton's going to be big. And then, you know, which I'm going to say that you might be going to. I don't know. Where are you going this week, Pete? I have no idea yet. We'll see. We'll see. Still trying to figure out, you know, all the the other parts of covering the games first. So that takes precedent before, uh, you know, we shuffle what we want to do. But also, I think, I think, and I want to speak for you, I think we both might be at Boyle on Saturday to see Stanford. Yes. Not a big, not a big Saturday schedule. So I think we're both interested to see what the Black Knights got. No, I'm very interested. Maybe we, uh, Donnie has a great game. You'll be expecting a text, coach. Come on the show. <laughs> Come on the pod. 
you know, we'll have to see how well uh, Kevin does in his game against Cromwell. If they lose, I, maybe you don't want to come up. Who knows? So that's going to wrap it up for week three of Connecticut High School football. We're on to week four. Thank you for everyone who's reached out to me and Pete to say how much you love the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you next week for Pete Guaya. I'm Tron Patrick Bully. This has been the Beak Rider at Gatecast. Love you all. <laughs>